Welcome to episode number 84. What do autism, cancer, endometriosis, and severe pain have in common? Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) They all are claimed by many to be helped by medicinal marijuana, and more specifically, CBD oil. On today's episode, we talk about how the marijuana and hemp industry have progressed for patients, what to look for in different CBD oils, and why CBD doesn't actually get you high. So, if you or a loved one are a chronic pain or disease sufferer, then you might want to tune into today's episode as this is a red-hot topic in the world of natural healthcare, and by all anecdotal claims, and there are thousands, CBD is one of the most powerful agents to ease suffering, maintain dignity through the dying process, and even assist in healing as well. All right, let's dive into the show. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Glad you're here with us today on today's show. It's my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy lifestyle that they truly want before December 2020. And if you haven't already joined my closed Facebook group called Health Hacks for Humans, be sure to head down to the show notes below and click on the link to do so. I share some information, videos, podcasts, and science facts on high-end nutrition, intermittent fasting, and of course, fat loss and gut health. So if those things are up your alley, then get in involved. So to today's show, we are diving into a somewhat controversial topic. Some people will have been familiar with this for decades. Others will have a strong stance against it, despite having little to no experience with it. We're talking about marijuana, and today's guest is Mike Patchen. Mike is a very successful entrepreneur in this space particularly. He has been a senior-level director for seven companies within the short space of nine years and co-founded a company with over $65 million in sales. But he is here today to talk about the companies he's been building for the last few years, companies that deal in the space of marijuana, specifically hemp, CBD, and THC. Mike has created a team to launch a first-of-its-kind CBD company along with a brand called Mountain Made, which has sponsored athletes across the USA. He's also created four patient programs with collaborations from local physicians and has helped 15 children as young as 14 months receive and benefit from high-end CBD cannabis therapy. So, I'm wrapped to have him here with us today, and welcome to the show, Mike. How you doing, mate? Hey, doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to the conversation. Me too. This is a, this is a big one. There's um, an, a famous Australian chef who I've actually had on the podcast, Pete Evans, who's been working on a Netflix documentary uh, to bring to Australia, really, this kind of information. So I'm glad that we can get you on here and start the conversation before that drops. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. And I'll have to check out uh, Pete's documentary and uh, gain some knowledge from him as well. Yeah, he, he's amazing. He's an amazing guy. But maybe let's just start with why CBD has become such a massive thing. Like people with all sorts of ills and ails and chronic disease, they have all, everyone's starting to hear about it. Why is that? Yeah, you know, so I think it's important to start with, um, you know, cannabis. Um, cannabis has a really strong following. Uh, I tell people all the time, you know, if you sat inside a Colorado dispensary, recreational dispensary and watched 
the folks come through the door and who the actual demographic of the customers is, it's it's probably not exactly what you would expect. It's a lot broader um, of a demographic than you may anticipate. So I think what CBD has done is allowed that broad demographic of people that are interested in cannabinoids as a whole, whether that's CBD, THC, um, even some of the terpenes. And it's given them a platform to say, I use this without the stigma that the euphoria or high that THC can have attached to it. So it's a really easy path forward um, for people to sort of step forward uh, and say, I'm also involved in, in cannabinoid therapy in CBD and also in THC. It's an easy entry for most folks. Yeah, I love that the, the stigma is starting to disappear. And it, when you touch on the different types or the different components of the plant, maybe we should just, quote unquote, nip that in the bud yeah, and, um, and just clarify what THC and CBD is and, and where which maybe molecule the stigma of getting high and drug addicts and all of that nonsense comes from. Yeah, yeah. So in general terms, cannabis, um, the goal of a cannabis plant is to mature and flower and those flowers produce THC. Uh, THC is euphoric or psychotropic. So it gives you that high feeling where the goal of the hemp plant is to produce CBD. Um, also, sometimes a molecule called CBG, both of which are non-psychotropic. They have sort of a euphoria to them. It's a little bit different, but they don't get you high. Um, that's the biggest difference between cannabis and hemp. Although hemp does produce trace elements of THC and cannabis can and will produce trace elements of CBD. But in general, that's sort of the biggest way to separate the two to start getting a general base of knowledge going. And so the THC is arguably the compound within marijuana that gives marijuana its uh, bad reputation, let's say. Yeah, you know, when you hear stuff like reefer madness and all, oh, you know, stoners, you know, this, that, and the other, a lot of people attribute that to THC. Although it's interesting, you know, the paranoia, the hunger, the euphoria, the focus, you know, all those attributes really come from the terpenes of cannabis interacting with the THC. But that's a, a layer back from the general uh, conversation that we're having. And, and we can jump into terpenes in a bit. But yeah, for the most part, that's what people think they're relating to. They're a little off, a little wrong in that assumption, but that's really where their mind points to when you talk about cannabis or marijuana. Yeah, and I know um, sort of on a cellular level that the the CBD and the THC actually bind to a similar receptor. And depending on the ratio of THC to CBD, if the, C, the CBD can outcompete the THC in binding to those cells and thus therefore not producing the, the high or the, you know, the, the stoner-like effect that THC might give you uh, because CBD takes that binding spot on the cell. Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, the, the words we use out here sort of takes the edge off the high or the euphoria. You know, sometimes if you get a little too euphoric or too high off cannabis, you can get, you know, overwhelmed, heavy, whether that's sedation or paranoia um, or euphoria. Uh, so it sort of uh, just lessens that compounding factor that some people feel after they consume cannabis THC. 
What was your motivation to get into this space? Like, what, what was it? Was it just sort of an entrepreneurial thought of get into a new industry that's about to boom? Or was it, you know, did you have some friends or family that was sick or ill or yourself that, you know, were already benefiting from this sort of and accessing it back alley style? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it was survival. Um, it was strictly survival. I got in it so early, it wasn't even cool. It wasn't even a thing yet. Like to see it from an entrepreneurial mindset, most people were seeing it from like, uh, I need to get above board so I don't go to jail mindset. And then when we all saw that it was actually going to be real and they weren't going to interrupt it, then that's when the entrepreneurial brain kind of came in next. But I think for the most part, a lot of us did it for survival. Um, I had been arrested in 2003 with a half gram of marijuana in college and uh, fought a, a court uh, suit. They wanted me to do six months in jail for, you know, a, a, just a little tiny speck of, of, of weed. Um, so for me, life went on. I took a job out of college. I got over that job. I dipped out and moved to a ski town in Telluride, Colorado, ski bummed it for a year. And at the end of that year, I didn't have a whole lot of income left. And I needed to survive for a summer. I wasn't ready to leave the ski town yet. And, and literally just so happened to walk into a door, literally walked into the door. A fellow opened it. He was moving equipment into the newest dispensary. He was going to open the next day. So I chatted with him and he, he was like, I'll pay you to help me unload my truck and set my shop up. So I was like, sweet, I'll make a quick hundred bucks. And by the end of the night, we were getting along really well. And he was like, why don't you just run this dispensary for me all summer? And I was like, sweet, you know, there's my job for summer. I can survive. And I just instantly really fell in love with it. Um, but that's really, I just, I just needed some way to make money. And it just so happened that the universe kind of directed me uh, into the path of that opening door, the right place, right time. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story of how you got started. I really like that. Yeah, it's pretty unique, you know, because back then it was not, you know, if, if you guys could jump in, in a DeLorean and go back in time and see the industry back 10 years ago in 2010, you, you just wouldn't even recognize it. You know, I mean, for years, friends and family told me to, to get a real job and, you know, I needed to grow up and I couldn't just, you know, deal drugs and they called marijuana drugs. You know, I couldn't just sell marijuana in Colorado my whole life. And it, it turns out I can't. Um, you, you know, so it was so young. It was almost like there's no value in this to most people. And, and you know, that people really didn't begin to see the value in it till 15, 2015, 2016. You know, so it was a, it was a pretty wild first, you know, few years. I guess that maybe we're at the similar, a similar, um, point in history when it comes to psilocybin mushrooms. I've been uh, into that kind of um, stuff for years and I've had a, a book on my shelf that I bought years ago called Magic Medicine and it's all about the you know spiritual and psychedelic benefits which are now being clinically proven uh, and, and in some states in the US, mushrooms are actually now uh, you know, um, decriminalized, which is pretty amazing. But yeah, I feel like we're at a similar chapter of history there as 10 years ago with the uh, marijuana industry. Yeah, I mean the the regular person doesn't move in big steps. You know, the the average or regular person, and not saying average in a bad way. Right? I'm average. I'm a super simple person, to be honest with you. But the average person clings on to small steps of progression forward, right? Like if you're too good at what you do, people will never get it. If you're decent and you present it well, like you know, I mean, look at 
some musicians, right? They're not at the top of their game. They just present mediocrity really well. And that's like the hit. Yeah. You know, we're like really talented musicians. People are like, I don't get it. You know, and you're like, right, because it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that first or early adopters are big movers and they can see the vision. And then it just takes time for other people to catch up after that path has really been beaten down and, and, and that's okay. You know, that's part of being an entrepreneur, you know, you're onto something good when people tell you you're not, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, and speaking of sort of being an entrepreneur and navigating this space, where are things at legally in the USA right now? I know that it's, it's very much up for debate here at the minute. I mean, the world events that we've experienced here in Australia in 2020 have been catastrophic. Um, and so it's a bit, it's definitely on the sidelines, but, um, you know, we're sort of just beginning to enter the conversation of making it totally normal. Uh, where are things at legally in the USA? For CBD, uh, hemp or cannabis or, or both? Both. Yeah. So, you know, hemp, we had the farm bill pass. Um, although CBD technically wasn't brought up in the farm bill, it was industrial hemp. Um, and we're kind of riding the assumption that it's legal and it, it is, but it's gray area legal. You know, a lot of banks aren't working with CBD because there's no definitive verbiage on what is legal and what isn't. They haven't really defined it. Is it a dietary supplement? Is it a drug? Is it both? So it's functioning at a national and global scale. It's a little bit gray area. THC is, you know, legal, legally regulated in Colorado, but you can't cross state lines with it, right? So it's just in a tighter box. But even cannabis is still all gray area. It's hard to get a bank account. You know, sometimes it's hard to get certain loans approved through your bank, depending on where your income comes from. So although it's quote unquote, like legally regulated, it doesn't mean it's just like wide open, you know, running hard. Both industries are kind of in the same spot. CBD, because it's non-psychotropic, non-euphoric, is in that gray area globally, and cannabis is in that gray area state by state by state. So it's sort of in the same spot, just smaller fishbowl for cannabis, larger fishbowl for hemp. And how does that affect your consumers? And who are your consumers? Like, are we talking medicinal purposes or recreational or uh performance enhancement like who, who are your consumers and how does that law or those regulations dictate their access to your product yeah so on the cbd we ship nationwide um we do not export anything uh, outside of the the u.s right now um our target market for cbd is the activated lifestyle so anyone with a passion and if that passion takes an active body or an active mind that's really our target market for the CBD. Uh, high dose of CBD really seems to boost and increase cognition, reduce inflammation in the body. So it just allows you to function at your highest level. Um, in cannabis, I sell both. I wholesale, my company wholesales both medical and recreational cannabis. Although you got to watch using those words because there's no difference. There's no less medical value or proposed benefit in recreational cannabis than there is in medical. It's, it's just a tax designation. The state taxes it different. Um, and we, we, we can open that conversation up a little bit if you want. But um, like I say, I mean, you, you're going to see anything from, you know, 
silver sneaker kind of people in, in, in the dispensary. So older folks all the way down to, you know, in the medical dispensaries, real young. If the doctors and parents sign off on it in a rec dispensary, 21 and up. And I mean, it's go to an event with 10,000 people and just start looking around and 9,999 of them smoke weed and you just don't know it. You know, it's, it's that broad of a demographic. It's really incredible. I'm really interested to go into um, the the way that the state taxes it because that was going to be one of my questions for you. And, and I think, and whilst our episode that we're doing today will come out, you know, in a in a couple of weeks, and right now we're in the middle of this coronavirus debacle, and and I think a lot of people are becoming really woke about the system and big pharma and all of that type of thing. What what are your fears, or what is the way that the state you per, uh, perceive that the state may or may not handle? taxing or taking control of what is you know a naturally occurring growing plant like do you do they tax it differently because it's medical and they they're just finding a way to profit from it are you fearful that big pharma will come in and take over the system and make it really expensive and difficult to access so that they can profit like what are your thoughts on that um, yeah, I mean, that's a couple different questions in one yes medical marijuana is taxed differently than recreational. Um, essentially the state of Colorado is saying, you know, being that we're taking a risk as a state allowing recreational cannabis to be legal, even though federally it is not, we're going to tax the heck out of it. So out of staters, you know, you're going to pay a ton of tax in staters. So are you, we actually get taxed on wholesale transactions, which is unheard of. So when my company takes product from a cultivation site and finds a buyer, which is a dispensary. And, you know, I shift the product and, and make the deal happen. There's a tax there. Then when that dispensary puts it on their shelf and sells it to the consumer, there's a massive tax there. So you're looking at upwards of 38 to 40% taxing along the, the sales channel of it from wholesale to retail to customer, um, which, you know, that's just, there's not a whole lot of widgets that have a wholesale tax, um, applied to them. So the state's definitely leveraging it right now, you know, and, and federalization, I think would cut those taxes out because then businesses could gravitate towards states with better tax rates. And then, you know, the free market kind of comes into play a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you know, it's the forces that be, and that's what it, it's, it's probably not even worth the industry arguing at this point because a lot of people in the Colorado space really love that tax. And every time they propose a new program, you know, there's always someone like, let's tax weed a little more. You know, it's like, God damn, you tax us out of business. Um, but as far as big pharma goes, you know, no, I, I'm not really stressing it. I mean, everyone sees the widget as what it is. Uh, it'll fall in the cards with the regulation. The toothpaste is kind of out of the tube. You know, so just to be able to, you know, think that big farmers just going to take this away from like Johnny Susie Smith that can walk into a dispensary and buy a bag of weed. There's just, yeah. I don't say there's no way. It's just a very small probability. You know, the people, the small businesses got to it first and there's just no way that they could take it away recreationally and say, well, now it's a scheduled two or three drug and, and you can't have it anymore. You know, I just don't see that happening. I really don't, especially after this crisis. You know, and there's a lot of people going vocally now on what they believe in and, and, and how they believe it and how that belief is going to stand. And you're seeing a lot of stuff get shaken up, you know, and it's I'm going to say it's good or bad. It just is what it is. 
So I, there's just no way the people of Colorado would, would let it be taken away from them at this point. My opinion. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, I think that's definitely optimistic. And I, and I, you know, from my own homework, I would resonate with that. And I'm hopeful that that is the, is the outcome. <laughs> um, so, um, as well, maybe let's talk about, you know, what your company makes, like, and the difference between, you know, CBD isolates, full spectrum, broad spectrum, what's the difference? What would people look for, depending on their different situation? Yeah, so we run Crystal Clear CBD. It's a CBD isolate. Uh, it's a very consistent product. You're getting CBD. You know that every time. The doses are very consistent. Um, full spectrum, broad spectrum have a home and they have an importance. The The biggest downside right now is hemp is on such a large global scale that no one's tracking what full spectrum is. Full spectrum is a compilation of CBD, terpenes, other plant matter, cannabinoids. Those ratios are never the same in any of those full spectrum or broad spectrum products. So unfortunately, then consumer is buying a very inconsistent product. Every time you buy a bottle of CBD oil, that those ratios have changed. And there's really no way that you, you, you can ever get the same product twice. So the reason that we do um, the Crystal Clear CBD is we're giving you an incredible baseline to work from. Um, and being that we have some outlets with small batch opportunities, we're going to start to dial things in. And when we launch our broad spectrum line, we're going to guarantee our customers are getting the actual same profiles each and every time, which just most, if not any companies are doing right now. Yeah, interesting. They're selling you on the hype of broad spectrum and full spectrum w- without the customer actually knowing what that means, you know? Yeah, those words sound very uh, like it, sa- it sounds in the title like you're getting more. <laughs> yeah, it does. But what you're really getting is just a very inconsistent experience. You know, uh, how, how, how many items do you buy during the course of a day, a week, a year, and you expect to get what you paid for? Right. Like, you know, I run errands while I'm out in the sales field and I had to go pick up some two by fours or building a fence for the garden. I know when I walk over and buy two by four by eight, it's exactly that. It's two inches by four inches by eight foot. Yeah. Right. 
Like what happens if I loaded up, up in my car and drove them home and they were seven and a half or nine and a quarter, like it would ruin my project. Why would I ever go back and buy that product ever again? Yeah. You know, even if they told me it was like super duper protected, fancy marketing word, it wouldn't make a difference because it's not doing its job. Well, full spectrum, broad spectrum is a marketing term. All they're saying is, yeah, we don't know what the heck is in our product and neither do you. So we're going to market it really well. So you don't ask hard questions, which is what broad spectrum did you sell me? What full spectrum profile did you sell me? And the company's going to go, I don't know. I'm just trying to get really rich and, and you don't know what you're doing and you're paying me for your misknowledge. So. That, that, that's the difficult part when I see companies trying to hype up full spec, broad spec. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't have a clue. Or they do and they're okay with selling you, the consumer, the customer, an inconsistent product. And that's not okay. Yeah, I love that transparency. And I know our listeners will as well. This podcast is very much about uh, real people and just being straight up honest. And I've got a lot of yeah podcasts where people are just being really transparent. So, you know, I a lot of respect to you for, for admitting that those things are... Yeah. And, and now don't get me wrong. When you hear the entourage effect, meaning does CBD and THC work better with a lot of pieces to the plant puzzle? Yeah, it does. But in Colorado, when you go to a dispensary, and, and I love to smoke weed, right? I love to smoke weed. You know, I smoke a sativa all day, right? Let's say it's Durban poison. That's what I have in my car right now. I know the tripping profile is going to interact with the THC and it's going to make me feel super, super euphoric. So I go to the same dispensary to find the same cultivator, to find the same strain, and I know what I'm going to get. And that entourage effect is a real thing. Those terpenes are hyping up the THC to make me feel really engaged and creative and fulfilled in my day. So I love to smoke it. But the, the the first time I walk in that dispensary and they say, oh, yeah, it's Durban poison and it's not. It's OG Kush or Bubba Kush and I'm all lethargic through my day. I'd never go back. I'd never go back. So the cannabis industry has more educated brands and people delivering those brands to customers and educating the customer where hemp is on this big hype bubble and people are just buying CBD because they're being told it's going to change their life. When the customers get more educated on what they're buying and start to dig a layer down and ask the hard questions. So many of these brands are just going to wash out, right? Because they're just not ready to actually bring a really strong, consistent product to market. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, And I guess whilst I know we're not allowed to make any medical claims or anything like that, and um, I definitely want to steer clear of that, who are the types of people, and and I'm thinking of the people that uh, would feel some sense of resistance or trigger to us talking about this that are like, oh, you know, it's, it's illegal, it's, you know, it shouldn't be... Should you know shouldn't be legalized or what whatever they might feel, but who are the types of people that would look for these types of products? Uh, for the Mount May products, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, anyone with an activated lifestyle, we cater to you know older folks that are still up and at it and getting after life. Uh, we cater to professional athletes. Uh, we cater to lifestyle enthusiasts. You know, so again, like. Um, I'm super into running. I like to downhill mountain bike, but like just my lifestyle in general is go, go, go. I wake up early. I work hard. I'll, you know, after this podcast at at 6 PM, I have a meeting with, um, a team that might hire me to come on and do some advisement work. And I'll take that call on the way home. When I get home, I'm going to unload. I think I have 75 two by fours in the back of my truck right now. 
you know, and then wake up tomorrow and, and garden and work out. And like, that's that, that person, the person that just loves life and wants that edge to really conquer life. I mean, I take a hundred to 150 milligrams of, of CBD crystals in the morning with my coffee and I feel incredible all day. I take one to two smaller tablets in the afternoon to keep my levels up. And then I take 50 to, you know, 25 to 50 milligrams at night and I sleep like a baby because it's tied in with some magnolia and I wake up and I'm ready to do it all over again. It just helps me sustain my best activated lifestyle from a cognition standpoint to a body function uh, standpoint, you know, and then if those pathways are clear, I feel like I grow as a person, you know, mentally and spiritually as well. This conversation's really echoing a couple of conversations I've had with a, a guy on the podcast, uh, Jules Serendipity. He, episode 70, I think, he, he and I, he's the one of the co-founders of um, an organic uh, medicinal mushroom company here in Australia um, that's really successful. And a lot of the things you're saying echo what he said in, about his, you know, medicinal mushroom supplements. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I, I love it. Like, I don't, you know, maybe him and I, let's just say, not of us are making claims. And I, I don't know him, um, but I'm just saying, like, let's say, but what we know anecdotally, right? Like, and I think that word's important because I've helped over 100,000 people in Colorado face to face inside medical and recreational dispensaries, explaining cannabis to them, helping them pick a product. They come back, we talk about it, try another product, they come back. So I've had so many interactions. I can tell you there's value to anecdotal information. There's, you know, everyone's always, you know, you're always going to have subgroups that get carried away and, and say too much and it's not really true. But the general anecdotal information from people that, you know, really get into the CBD and cannabis lifestyles is a functional tool is incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I smoke weed before all of my workouts. I dial into my workout. Yeah. You know, I don't know the science behind why it makes me work out better. I just know I feel great when I work out and that's all I need to know. You know, oh, absolutely, and I anecdotally and and from a research standpoint, there's um you know labs all over the world that are looking into this with autism, behavioral disorders, cancer management, and pain management. You know, right, all of those types of things. Like it, it is happening, and, I, and anecdotally, I know people, and I know I've accessed it for people in my personal life to manage pain, to manage just chronic situations that nothing else, decades and decades of pharmaceuticals uh, have just done nothing. And, and this was the thing that I was able to access sort of, you know, um, off off the mainstream, kind of off onto the beaten track, which actually worked. So there's totally value to anecdotal information. And I think that's how things become legit, you know, is that there's so much anecdotal information that it's undeniable. Right. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. And that's why, uh, you know, it'll be interesting when people say, well, you know, what's the science behind it? I, I don't know. Right. But I know for a fact, I've interacted with enough people to know it works in a lot of cases. It doesn't work in some cases. And if, if it works for you, you'll know it. If it doesn't, you'll know that as well. But you tried. Um, and there's just a lot of value of, of going back to the roots of some of the more natural ways about things. Um, you know, cause it, it's life is like a pendulum, you know, right in the middle is the sweet spot and way too far out makes the pendulum stop and correct itself. And then it gets way too far out again and it stops and it corrects itself. I think we're just in a cycle where people are starting to correct themselves and go, 
I leaned into some other things too much. Maybe that's not really good to put in my body that regularly. Or maybe there's just other ways to untangle my situation with less fallout, you know, biologically, you know. Um, so it, it's, it's cool, you know, and, and that's why I just really love the industry. And I just love watching people make their own decisions. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you totally. I mean, I, I'm on very much on board and my, I guess the core of my own personal mission is, you know, food is medicine, right? And, and, uh, you know, the same goes with plants, virtually anything that grows in the ground. <clears throat> and I think any, with anything that grows in the ground, foods, plants, you know, whatever it is, there's, it's very often the case that there's much less of a fallout biologically, as you you said before. Like, whereas a lot of pharmaceuticals have a list of side effects that's longer than the list of benefits, and so I think these things are you know amazing because it's it's beneficial without the the biological cost. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I think that people are just again. I mean, it's it's you know. <sighs> The more people find out on their own, the stronger they believe in things, you know, and, and, I, and I like that. You know, I, first thing I say when people come into these recreational medical dispensaries was this probably won't work for you. And they'd be like, well, that's a heck of a sales line. Huh? And I'd be like, look, I'm just trying to say I saw <laughs> two people today where it didn't work. So don't get your hopes up, you know, and I would say it in a manner of conversation. But, you know, because you would see some pretty severe people. And I wouldn't want them to overthink or have an overpromise into their head and come into it in a very neutral way and say, stay neutral and then see what it does for you and question it. And if it does or doesn't, let's then take that path and keep moving and navigating through it. But if I tell you right now, this is going to cure you and make you six feet tall, you're going to come back and, and have boards stapled to the bottom of your feet. To, to make you six feet tall because you really want to believe in it, right? And that's not okay. <laughs> I shouldn't bait you into that. You should be able to find and explore it for yourself. And, and people love that. And a lot of times when you did that, they would find in cannabis or in CBD other things they weren't even looking for because they were just neutral and just kind of waiting and observing what it was that they were doing. Yeah, I think that's an empowering message. And on the note of uh, finding and exploring themselves for our listeners, where can they find you online? Yeah, so Mountain Made, M-A-D-E, mountainmade.life. My wholesale company in the cannabis space is M Patchen. That's M-P-A-C-H-A-N-L-T-D, mpatchenltd.com. that's that's uh, that's what I do. That's my life is wholesaling cannabis and, and building a CBD company. And um, I, just, I love it. Yeah, that's great. And for all the listeners, uh, we, I'll put all the links down below in the show notes so that they can find your mic. And for anyone listening, if you have enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, chuck it up on social media and tag myself, tag Mike, ta- tag Mountain Made. Let us know what you learned from it. And if you feel like you have a loved one that, or family member or friend that would benefit, send this episode over to them and sh- you know help them find and explore this information for themselves. So I really appreciate your time being on the show, Mike, and I'd love to jump on and dive into some other stuff another time if you're open to it. But to wrap up, I'd love to ask you, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, consistency. 
you know, it's, it's in, 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 and I'm making this relative to cannabis, you know, I would help people pick the right cannabis product and they'd come back a week later and, you know, I, how, how'd that work? And it didn't work. Okay. What didn't work about it? And they'd slap the chocolate bar down on the table. And well, I took a quarter piece, like you said, the first night I got home and it didn't work. All right. How was the second night? Oh, I just gave up. <laughs> what do you mean you gave up? What well, didn't work? Well, there's a period where you're going to have to, you know, get into this and try it and work with it and find what could work about it. So here's your $20 back. Here's your chocolate bar back. Go home, try it consistently and come back in a week. Week later, man, it's going great. Yeah, what'd you find? Well, I found that piece you told me about wasn't enough to get me high. So I felt safe taking it. So I slowly increased the dose up to where I just started to feel decently high. And I slept like a baby. Now I know what I'm doing and I want five more chocolate bars. Great. With things that are natural, alternative, different pathways, what works for one person might not work for you. There's a discovery period that you're going to have to go through to get to where you want to be and in and, and consistency and, and constantly discovering and, and moving and navigating is super, super important. I love that message, man. Consistency and, you know, committing to that exploration and discovery period. Thanks so much for being on the show, Mike. I'm, I'm loving this chat and I'm, I'd love to get you on again and really appreciate you being here. And I hope that you have an awesome day, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, good day to you guys and would love to come back anytime. Thanks so much, mate. We'll catch you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.